Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's May 2nd, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 51. Hello everyone, here are today's news and notes. Starting internationally from the United Kingdom, from thetheatertimes.com, Wise Children at York Theatre Royal, posted by Alex Sears. Reviewing theatre now means reviewing the film. Knowing that Emma Rice's Old Vic 2018 production of Wise Children, her typically rambunctious version of Angela Carter's last novel, published in 1991, has been recorded by The Space immediately raises expectations of high quality. After all, this company specializes in digitally bringing good art to wider audiences. As you'd expect for a show that is now streaming on BBC iPlayer and will be broadcast on BBC4 in due course. The filming is well directed and edited, but what about the play? The plot tells the story of Brixton-born twins Dora and Nora Chance and of their parents and grandparents, all of whom work in showbiz. The family tree starts with Ralph Hazard, a mighty Victorian actor-manager. His offspring are the twins Melchior and Peregrine. Later on, the great Shakespearean Thesp Melchior fathers two illegitimate twin girls on young Kitty, who dies soon after. He refuses to acknowledge them, marrying instead the snobbish Lady Atalanta Lind, who gives birth to two more twins. Meanwhile, Peregrine brings up his twins' kids, called Dora and Nora, in the home of Grandma Chance. Sometimes fraught and sometimes funny relationships between the Hazards and the Chances provide a richly complicated evening, which soon focuses on the young Dora and Nora, who earn a living as chorus girls. <clears throat> what a joy it is to dance and sing. These words echo through Carter's novel and are repeated more than once in Rice's version, which is a love letter to both theater and radically alternative views of family life. On stage, the entertainment is a joyous celebration of the magic of theater with its show tunes, chorus girls, costumes, puppets, and pantomime comedy. The older Dora, who celebrates her 75th birthday at the start of the piece, is the narrator, and her, and her birthday, significantly, is April 23rd, Shakespeare's putative birthday. Snatches of the band's words, plus a whole host of other thespian references, from Martha Graham to Richard Brinsley Sheridan, punctuate the proceedings, which have a comic brio as the vivid characters gabble through dozens of incidences with the speed and skill of a circus horse rider. If you'd like to visit the rest of this article, please visit thetheatertimes.com. The, the article is titled, Wise Children at York Theatre Royal by Alex Sears. From our friends at Sure, they presenting a webinar, The History of the Unidyne 55 Microphone. This article comes from stagedirections.com. <clears throat> One of the most recognizable images of a microphone is that of the Sure Model 55 Unidyne Microphone, often referred to as the Elvis mic. <clears throat> it has a classic look that has become a cultural icon, so much so that Sure will, still produces them today. Sure is celebrating the Unidyne with a webinar focusing on the history of this classic microphone that will take place on Wednesday, May 6th at 11 a.m. Central Daylight Time. You can register for this webinar on the Sure 
Unodyne 55 microphone by checking out stagedirections.com website or by visiting the Shure website. Here's some history on the Shure Unodyne 55 microphone from the editor-in-chief of Front of House magazine, George Peterson. 1939, seeking to create a low-cost cardioid dynamic microphone, Shure engineer Benjamin Baumsweiger, the la he later changed his name to Bauer, began developing the Unidyne in early 1937. Prior to this, most unidirectional patterns were achieved by multi-element mics that combined the outputs of Omni and figure eight capsules via a switch or pan pot. The concept worked, but resulted in bulky mics with uneven frequency responses and unpredictable directional plans. Bauer felt the single capsule approach was the only workable solution, partially blocking the capsule's rear openings, created a short phase delay that effectively canceled the sounds from the rear. Varying the rear port resistance created various directional patterns, cardioid, hypercardioid, and supercardioid, and the Unidyne was born. <clears throat> During in 1930, debuting in 1939 as the model 55A, B, and C, three versions were different output impedances, the Unidyne was an immediate hit. More than seven decades later, Unidyne remains in production as the vintage-looking dynamic models 55SH2, the Super 55, and the most recent entry in the series, the 5575 LE Unidyne Limited Edition. Released in 2014 in commemoration of the original Unidyne's 75th anniversary, the 5575 LE was produced in a limited run of 5,575 units that replicates the original design used by Elvis and Sinatra, but with appropriate improvements in durability and sound quality, including a modern Unidyne 3 capsule, yet with that classic larger outer grille of the original. As a footnote, the 1993 stamp with Elvis singing into a Unidyne 55 is the most popular commemorative stamp ever issued by the Postal Service. Again, you can join Sure as they celebrate the Unidyne with a webinar focusing on the history of this classic microphone on Wednesday, May 6th at 11 a.m. Central Daylight Time. From our friends at Playbill, a dip into the Playbill Vault. From the Playbill Vaults, Today in Theater History, May 2nd. On this day, in 1887, was the birthday of Vernon Castle, who, with wife and dancing partner Irene Castle, redefined not just what dancing represented on Broadway, but the kind of music used for, the dan for that dancing. He is featured in About Town, The Girl Behind the Counter, The Summer Widowers, and The Henpecks before being killed at the front in World War I. In 1895, the birthday of Lorenz Hart, sparkling Broadway lyricist whose famous collaboration with Richard Rodgers produced Babes in Arms, Pal Joey, On Your Toes, A Connecticut Yankee, The Boys from Syracuse, By Jupiter, and other witty musicals of the 1920s and 30s. Also on this day, in 1916, commemorating the tercentenary of William Shakespeare's death, the company from the Memorial Theater at Stratford-upon-Avon presents a special matinee of Julius Caesar at the Drury Lane Theater in London. Members of the company include Frank Benson, Gladys Cooper, Ben Greet, and Ellen Terry. Other notable events. On 1977, Yul Brynner returns to the Broadway to Broadway in Rodgers and Hammerstein's The King and I. The rival plays the Eurus Theater for 696 performances. Constance Towers plays Anna. In 1984, Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine spend Sunday in the Park with George as their new musical opens on Broadway at the Booth Theater. The show, which brings the famous George Surratt paintings to life, 
stars Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters. It runs 604 performances and wins the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. Something a little bit closer, in 2005, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee opens on Broadway after a long rise from off-off-Broadway to regional theater to off-Broadway. The musical, with a score by William Finn, wins Tony Awards for Best Book and Best Featured Actor in a Musical. Some of today's birthdays include Jerome K. Jerome, who was born in 1859, Tyrone Power Sr. in 1869, Roscoe Lee Bowne in 1925, David Suquette in 1946, Michael Grandage in 1962, and Kate Baldwin in 1975. Of course, many things happened on this day in Broadway, so please check out Playbill.com and visit Playbill's vault as they take a look back at today in theater history. Page two. Here are a few odds and ends from today. This, uh, this morning, I had the opportunity to sit in on a lighting design workshop with the Oystedt Lighting Design Working Group called Designers on Design. Each Saturday, a webinar will be held from 8.30 Central Standard Time via Zoom. Please check out Oystedt's Lighting Design Working Group to see what they're offering each Saturday in this month of May. Today was a walkthrough through Vectorworks. Of course, some of these topics are going to be revisited or continued on, so please take the opportunity to check in on these free webinars. If you're not into Zoom, you can also watch the webinars via Facebook as well. Go to the Oystedt Lighting Design Working Group and like the page. Also, please make sure to check out usitt.org's Forum at 4 and New at Noon webinar series. There's quite a few shows coming up, and go check out their website, or you can obviously check out, if you're a Facebook person, their Facebook page and get the entire schedule for next week. From our friends at What's On Stage, they list the stage shows, musicals, and operas you can watch now online for free. Of course, they're constantly updating it, so visit this website often as you can to see what's coming up. Some of the, some of the new offerings are Shakespeare's Globe's Richard II, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Royal Albert Hall Concert, Alan Seymour's The One Day of the Year, the National Theatre's Frankenstein, Cirque du Soleil is presenting a 60-minute special, the, Huff, the Hull Truck Theatre as well, is producing its production of Jack Lear based on the Shakespeare play of King Lear. Institute, the physical theater pros Gecko are making a, making a hit show Institute free online for the first time ever, so don't miss it. Also, Everything is Possible by the York Suffragettes. York Theater Royal and Pilot Theater's 27 production, production about the history of the suffragette movement in the North will premiere on May 6th. Of course, BBC Live, Performance Live, is, is also up, as well as the Royal Opera House. Again, there's so much wonderful content that's being produced now for you to watch, whether it be opera, dance, plays, musicals, or just sing-alongs or theater-alongs, however you want to do it. Please check it out. A lot of great stuff. You can't go wrong at this time. So much wonderful content. 
Before I conclude tonight's podcast, I want to once again extend my gratitude to the many members of our armed services, our healthcare workers, our nurses and doctors, the first responders, the police, fire, and emergency service officers around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please continue to support your local food banks and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. I'd like to end tonight's show with a quote from Tony Dungy. Anthony Kevin Dungy is a former professional American football player and coach in the the National Football League. Coach Dungy has has been head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 1996 to 2001 and was head coach of the Indianapolis Colts from 2002 to 2008. More than likely, you've seen him on Sunday Night Football's broadcasts. But one of the things that I like about Tony Dungy is some of the, the wisdom and humbleness that he that he passes along that is good and effective and can be taken in and understood by everyone. Here he says, If you want to make a difference in the lives of people you lead, you must be willing to walk alongside them, to lift and encourage them, to share moments of understanding with them, and to spend time with them, not just shout down at them from on high. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's May 2nd, 2020. This has been the Corona Chronicles, Day 51. Be well, take care, and good night. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.